0: Hello, and welcome to the ProRata podcast, a podcast that takes 10 minutes to get you smarter, faster on the collision of tech, business and politics. Filling in for Dan Primack today, I'm Axios Special Projects producer Naomi Shaven. On today's show, the Fed signals a may cut rates and a new study on crowdfunding for medical bills. But first, the Boy Scouts file for bankruptcy. Boy Scouts of America is currently facing hundreds of lawsuits from men alleging that they were sexually abused during their time as Boy Scouts. The organization is expecting thousands more to be filed, especially as states have changed statute of limitations laws governing how long victims of sexual abuse have to bring cases to court. As these lawsuits have mounted, the organization has considered filing for bankruptcy. It has reportedly been a consideration since late 2018, if not earlier. The goal would be to use the Chapter 11 process as a way to create a compensation trust for victims. It's also something that could cap how much the organization will pay out in settlements. The Boy Scouts are one of the largest nonprofits in the country, with an annual revenue of over $780 million. As of last year, it counts 2 million active Boy Scouts and 1 million volunteers. It's a massive organization that has been around since 1910. And it's likely that additional lawsuits will be filed, especially as states continue to change their laws. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper on this story with Axios Markets reporter Courtney Brown. But first... This. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now back to the ProRata podcast. Joining us is markets reporter Courtney Brown to talk about this case. Let's start with a point you made in your coverage of this bankruptcy that puts it into context. There are typical bankruptcies when a company is running out of cash, but this bankruptcy isn't one of them. Can you explain the motivation behind a typical bankruptcy versus one like this?
1: So the Boy Scouts of America filed for bankruptcy on Tuesday with the full purpose of lessening the nationwide legal pressure they're facing from sexual abuse victims. So if you want to think about PG&E, the California utility that filed for bankruptcy last year, they also did something similar. They were facing a monsoon of lawsuits from wildfire victims who lost property because of the wildfires that were sparked by PG&E's equipment. And so they did something very similar, filing for bankruptcy, not because they're necessarily running out of cash, but they are just overwhelmed by, um, you know, the lawsuits and legal expenses that could come from lawsuits.
0: Filing for bankruptcy in a case like this could put a ceiling on how much Boy Scouts of America will pay out to victims of abuse, right? Can you just explain sort of how that works?
1: Instead of going from court to court to court from all across the country, what will happen is a bankruptcy judge will create a pot of money that the Boy Scouts of America will pay out to all claimants. So, Basically, it puts a cap on how much the organization will have to pay to sexual abuse victims rather than that amount of money being determined on a court by court basis.
0: Worth noting, the Boy Scouts of America is, as you write, solvent. Can you explain their financial situation in this context and also how that relates to how the organization is structured? So the organization has over $1
1: billion worth of assets. Some of that is cash. Some of that is buildings and property. You know, it owns a 150,000-acre property in New Mexico that's worth about $70.5 million, according to bankruptcy filings that I looked at. And its liabilities are less than $1 billion. So it has plenty of assets to cover the liabilities that they have right now. And, you know, if you include the local Boy Scout council's across the country it actually has way more assets those local councils have about 3.3 billion dollars in assets according to media reports and you know what the boy scouts of america the national organization is trying to do is it's trying to put distance between itself and those local councils and lawyers who are defending some of these sexual abuse victims say that the organization is doing that to kind of shield those assets from being involved in the bankruptcy court. So, you know, victims may not have access to those $3.3 billion in assets that belong to the local council.
0: To give a bit more context here, zooming out, states have been changing the statute of limitation laws around sexual abuse cases all over the country. Has this impacted this particular situation? And is that part of what opened up the floodgates here?
1: That is what opened up the floodgates here. So, yes, states have changed laws to allow sexual abuse victims to bring cases of court regardless of when the misconduct occurred. So to say that they were sexually abused under the Boy Scouts watch, you know, they can sue the organization even if they say it happened in the 1980s, which most of them do. And so what's happening is the Boy Scouts of America are seeing a lot more lawsuits than they would have if these laws weren't being changed on a state-by-state basis.
0: In addition to the legal changes that we're seeing, there's also been a shift in how insurance companies will cover organizations like the Boy Scouts. The organization used to have insurance that could cover sexual abuse claims, However, many insurers are withdrawing that coverage now. Their argument is that the Boy Scouts knew about the abuse and failed to inform their insurance providers. Can you walk us through that shift as well? And if that's happening just within the Boy Scouts and the insurer providers they work with, or if this is something that's happening across other fields and organizations?
1: This is definitely happening more often. And it is exactly like you said. For years, the Boy Scouts had insurance that could cover sexual abuse claims. But now these insurers are saying to the Boy Scouts and other organizations, you know, you knew that this abuse was happening under your watch and you didn't tell us. So we're not going to fund any litigation. We're not going to cover any settlements. That's all on you. And because that's the case, you know, it makes bankruptcy cases like the one that the Boy Scouts of America filed earlier this week more and more likely.
0: Coming back to the bankruptcy filing, Has there been any pushback, especially from victim advocates or lawyers, over their decision to file for bankruptcy?
1: Lawyers have said that what the Boy Scouts of America is doing is an abuse of the bankruptcy court. They say that the Boy Scouts of America should have to deal with this on a case-by-case basis instead of going to a bankruptcy court where all of these cases will essentially be rolled up and the judge will decide on a pot of money that will go out to claimants. And as we talked about, this strategy could cap how much victims will get versus if they would have had to deal with this in separate court and victims lawyers also argue that, you know, is this bankruptcy case going to prevent certain aspects of discovery that would have come out in individual courts? Is the bankruptcy process going to just pay folks out a sum of money and there will be fewer documents that are exposed? So they're arguing that by filing for bankruptcy, the Boy Scouts of America is essentially taking the easy way out. And of course, the Boy Scouts of America disputes that.
0: Courtney, thanks so much for joining us to talk about this. Thank you. My final two after this. Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata podcast. Now it's time for my final two. The Fed could cut U.S. interest rates this year after predicting in December that this year would not bring rate cuts. In the minutes of its most recent policy meeting, the Fed focused on the fact that inflation still hasn't hit its 2% target. My colleague Dion Reboen writes that this suggests that the Fed is shifting focus from economic data to concerns about the impact coronavirus could have on the global economy and underwhelming inflation. Lowering rates would make taking on debt more attractive to U.S. businesses and consumers, but it would put the central bank in a weaker position if it needed to fight off a recession. President Trump, it's worth noting, has badgered the Fed repeatedly to cut rates. After the release of the meeting minutes on Wednesday, traders saw a 93% chance of at least one rate cut by the end of the year, up from 84% the day before, and a 65% chance of two rate cuts by the end of the year. And finally, a new study found that roughly 50 million Americans have given money to crowdfunding campaigns to help people pay for medical expenses. These crowdfunding campaigns often support individuals without insurance, who face huge medical bills. But they also cover people who have insurance and find that their out-of-pocket expenses are a massive financial burden. An estimated 8 million people facing medical expenses have created their own crowdfunding campaigns, while 12 million people have created one for a friend or family member. The study found that roughly 20% of Americans have donated to a crowdfunding campaign to cover medical expenses. Of Americans who have donated, 61% report donating to a relative, 46% have donated to a friend, and 35% have made donations to help strangers. And we're done. Huge thanks to producer Tim Shovers and to Dan for letting me host Pro Rata one more time today. Dan will be back next week.